facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, everybody. I am so excited about today's show. It's Wednesday, October the 18th, 2023. So glad you're with me on The Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149 is the number to call. I'm going to be talking about using time travel. You say, time travel is impossible, Kale. Not really. You can use time travel to hack your life, and I'll show you how later in the program. And if that won't keep you tuned in, I don't know what will, but call this number right now, 888-914-9149. You can also, of course, email the program. And I'll get to that email in time, hopefully. Uh, Kale at RelevantRadio.com is the address. C-A-L-E at RelevantRadio.com. And you can also find me on Twitter slash X, that social media app, at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E Clark with an E. I've, I've been thinking about, by the way, I've been thinking about, I don't know, maybe you guys can encourage me, yay or nay. I've been thinking about trying to go back to Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook since like 2020, since before the pandemic started. I've just been like... For various reasons. Um, but if enough people want me to go back, I'll go back. Because uh, I think some of you guys are probably more Facebook users than Twitter users. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I just, you know, there's so many of you out there. A lot of you guys have different different takes. But I don't know. Let me know. Let me know. Pop me a, pop me a message on X. <laughs> Maybe you're not on X. You say, well, if, I, if you're on Facebook, Kale, I would talk to you on Facebook, but you're not anymore. I, I'm still there. I just haven't, I haven't logged in in a long, long time. But maybe I should. Maybe I should. But anyways, you can reach me on X. And you can also email me, like I said, kale at relevantradio.com. And listen, today is, is something that we really need to celebrate. Today is the feast day of St. Luke the Evangelist. And I got a little pop quiz for my producer, Jim Shaper, because I'm putting him on the spot here because he attended the Franciscan University of Steubenville. So he's, he had a fine post-secondary Catholic education. Let me, let me ask you this. this I'm, I'm going to quiz you. going to quiz you. I didn't Uh-oh. prep you for this, so I'm putting you on the spot, man. In front of a national audience, who wrote the longest book in the New Testament? I'm going to guess St. Luke. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> it was a softball. It was a softball. But yeah, he did. He actually, believe it or not, St. Luke wrote 25%, a quarter of the New Testament all by himself. And maybe more, maybe more. We'll talk about that. There's some secret documents of Luke in the New Testament. I don't know, maybe. But he wrote the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke actually is the longest document in the New Testament. You say, oh, hold on here. What about the Acts of the Apostles? Acts has 28 chapters. Luke only has 24. I was listening to Professor John Bergsma talk about this uh, earlier today on his uh, Letters from Home edition podcast um, from the St. Paul Center. And I know that you were taught by Professor Bergsma, one of your favorites, uh, Jim. But he, he said, no, if you, if you look at the word count, the Gospel of Luke actually has more words than the Acts of the Apostles, and um, even though it has less chapters per se. But you put those two together, and really Acts of the Apostles is part two of Luke's two-volume work. Uh, incredible, incredible. We, we owe so much to St. Luke. And actually, I'm going to share with you uh, something that, that Jim shared with me from our good friend Jimmy Aiken. And uh, I, I do know Jimmy Aiken a little bit. I, I can't say that we're bosom buddies. We don't go bowling together. Is that what friends do? They go bowling together? I don't know. I've been bowling a long time. But I, by the way, if anybody knows where I can get total sidebar here, I'm on a rabbit trail. I've always wondered where to get that spray that they use in the shoes, man. Because like I could probably use that. Anyways, having said that, freshen things up a little bit. 
But um, Jimmy Aiken, let me tell you, what an apologist. Uh, he's the senior apologist at Catholic Answers. He's an interesting dude, to say the least. He kind of looks like a member of ZZ Top. He's got this long red beard. He wears like a white cowboy hat, a white jean jacket, a purple shirt, white jeans, cowboy boots, same uniform all the time. He's kind of like Steve Jobs. He has a uniform. But really, just an incredibly super smart guy. He actually uh, has a top 10 list. And there's so many things I wanted to say about St. Luke. And I think Jimmy kind of, he really said it all here. These are the top 10 things that you should know about St. Luke. So I'm going to share these with you. But before we start, you guys might have seen the uh, the beautiful, beautiful uh, artwork that Miranda Sinisteros, who's associate producing here uh, with us at Relevant Radio, she's in the studio right now with Jim. Uh, really cool graphic. Go on uh, Facebook, go on Twitter, on the Relevant Radio page. A really, really cool graphic uh, that says, Luke, I am your father. And, and that's, of course, a reference to Star Wars. I think we have the actual clip, don't we, Jim, somewhere? Do we have that? He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Yeah, unfortunately, Luke, it was true. It was true. And, of course, that's a reference to The Empire Strikes Back when, I hope I'm not spoiling it for you guys, that, in fact, Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. And I know, I know, Star Wars aficionados really get their back up about all this stuff. And, in fact, I'm sure that Cyrus Simcoe is dialing into the show right now. He's the producer of The Patrick Madrid Show. Noted Star Wars geek. And uh, I'll tell you, he, 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 will, he will get really mad if people misquote Star Wars. And the actual line, as you heard from Darth Vader, oh, oh, he also does stuff like that, too. Uh, Darth Vader, he actually says, no, I am your father. And everybody gets that line wrong. Everyone says, thinks it's Luke, I am your father. But I'm going to go with Luke, because in, in the popular imagination, it has become Luke, I am your father. You're thinking, Kale, what on earth does this have to do with St. Luke the Evangelist. Well, you know who did say that, probably, joking around, uh, with Luke? It was St. Paul. And, and Miranda put together a really cool image of St. Paul, Darth Vader, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. Check it out on the Relevant Radio page, on Twitter, on Facebook. Really cool. Really cool. Because this is what St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He says, Even if you had ten thousand guardians in Christ. You do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. So this is one of the reasons why we call our priest our priest's father. And uh, St. Paul said, I am your father in Christ Jesus. And uh, he probably said that to Luke because guess what? Luke spent a lot of time hanging out with St. Paul. And uh, we'll, we'll learn this as we go through uh, the top 10 list from Jimmy Aiken. By the way, this is from the National Catholic Register uh, from a while back. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can uh, check it out. But let's just run through this. Top 10 things that we need to know about St. Luke on his feast day. First of all, we know that he is talked about in at least three passages of sacred scripture. 
in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, St. Paul says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Now, I'll talk a little bit about Demas in just a second. Demas was, uh, ooh, he made a bad decision. But now, another thing we know about St. Luke is that he was a doctor. You know, you think about bones from Star Trek. I'm a doctor, Gemma. So he, 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 I'm not an evangelist. I'm a doctor. Well, he was both an evangelist and a doctor, and and he was the beloved physician, and that was his day job, if you will, just like Saint Paul's day job. Aside from being a rabbi, he was a tent maker. Uh, he made tents; they were waterproof. They were awesome. Um, and <laughs> at any rate, uh, that's what he did to support himself. And not only that, you can kind of see this in his gospel the healing miracles of Jesus, he really pays a lot of attention to that. It's Luke that actually says, when Peter goes crazy, when they're trying to arrest Jesus in the garden, and he grabs a sword, and he chops off the ear of Malchus, who's the servant of the high priest. And by the way, Peter was probably trying to kill him. He just missed. It's not like he said, you know, can I just just move to the side a little bit so I can slice your ear off with my Ginsu knife? No. He, he probably tried to just split him in two, like chopping wood, and he just missed, chops off his ear. Jesus, of course, says, no more of this. Put your sword away. Um, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And then Luke actually notes that Jesus put the guy, puts the guy's ear back on, and, and he's like, how did he do that? I mean, this is amazing stuff. So, Luke, there's a lot of different medical things in Luke's gospel, so it's um, it's very appropriate, very appropriate. So, Another place where Luke is mentioned is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. And he, uh, St. Paul writes, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful in serving me. So Mark, who in all likelihood the author of the Gospel of Mark, St. Luke, author of the Gospel of Luke, they both worked with Paul, they both knew Paul. And in this passage actually from, uh, from 2 Timothy, as... Um, John Bergsman was talking about today. It's it's kind of sad. It, it's a very, it's it's a it's a sad and dour Saint Paul who's writing this letter because he, he's in prison. Uh, things are not going well. He thinks he's going to die soon. He's kind of lamenting a little bit. He's he's not depressed, and then he he has his faith in Christ. There's no question about that. But um, he's writing from prison, and this is this is from Second uh, Timothy chapter four which is the first reading for the um, Feast of St. Luke. And here, here's what it says. And it, I'm just going to... Um, oh, here we go. He says, Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. That's interesting, because Demas is mentioned before, as I said, in... Uh, in uh, Colossians 4.14, that's one of the places places where Luke, the physician, and Demas greet you. Well, Demas went off the rails. In 2 Timothy, it says, Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Now, that's pretty sobering. You think if you were hanging out with one of the apostles, with one of the greatest apostles, the greatest evangelist of all time, St. Paul, that you would probably stick with the faith? But this, such is the nature, such is human nature. Such is fickle human nature. Sometimes people bail out. They did this to Jesus as well. He says, uh, he goes on to say, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Uh, Get Mark, blah, 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 blah. And he also goes on to say this. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. In some translations it says, Alexander the metal worker did me great harm. That sounds pretty ominous. I don't know what kind of metal... 
you know, weapons he had. It's something like out of a you know, Mad Max or something. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. Anyway, so Paul is kind of lamenting a whole bunch of things, but Luke is very faithful with him. And some people think that Luke might have actually been Paul's scribe for this letter. More on this in a second. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888 Is Luke your favorite gospel writer? Why is that? 888 On this Feast of St. Luke, uh, in Philemon, and some people call it Philemon, but <laughs> it's Philemon, the letter to Philemon. Uh, it's one of these letters that's so short it only has verses, no chapters. In verses 23 and 24, Paul says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, as before Demas flaked out, and Luke, my fellow workers. So he, he hung out with Paul a lot. And in fact, um, he hung out to the end. That's why he said, uh, Luke alone is with me in, uh, in, second, uh, in second Timothy. And so Luke obviously wrote uh, the third gospel. He wrote the Acts of the Apostles. This is fact number two. Jimmy, I can stop 10 things we need to know about St. Luke. And he may have been, he may have been the scribe that St. Paul used to kind of dictate his letters to as well. Um, that's something we'll talk about in just a second. But number three, number three, top 10 things to know about um, St. Luke I was just distracted there. Patrick Alog told me Facebook has 3 billion users. Wow. Twitter only has 528 million users. So, okay, you're t- trying to tell me something, aren't you, Patrick? All right, we need to reach more people with the good news. That's what we try to do here at Relevant Radio. Bring Christ to the world through the media. All right, so Jimmy Aiken says, number three, point number three you need to know about St. Luke is what kind of a debt do we owe to St. Luke for his gospel? It's pretty huge, folks. It's pretty huge. There's so much that we would not know about our faith, about Jesus, if it wasn't for St. Luke. So when, when uh, scholars talk about how the Gospels were put together, they talk about how Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic Gospels. And that comes from a Greek word meaning to see as with one eye, synoptic. So there's a lot of the same stuff that's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's because Matthew... And Luke used Mark's gospel as a source. And uh, when they, so they basically, they follow the order of what Mark says, but they sometimes add in their own stuff as well. There's stuff that Matthew has that's not in the other gospels, and there's stuff that Luke has that's also only in his gospel. And so, so here's some of the things that only Luke has. The birth of John the Baptist, predicted, prophesied. Remember, there's the Annunciation to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, before Gabriel, the archangel, uh, greeted Mary, right, with those famous words, Hail, full of grace, the Annunciation to Mary. There was the Annunciation to Zechariah in chapter 1 of Luke. Um, That whole Annunciation scene in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, that's only in Luke. That's only in Luke. The visitation to Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist by this point, also only in Luke. This, this is this is pretty crucial thing. Uh, pretty crucial things. The birth of John the Baptist, uh, the circumcision of Jesus, uh, the presentation of Jesus at the temple, and that's of course when Anna and Simeon, the old man, the prophetess Anna, the old man Simeon, come and greet Mary, and uh, that's a powerful scene. That's not anywhere else. The finding of the child Jesus in the temple, 
in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus is 12 years old. The widow of Nain and her dead son. And this is a, a, a tragic story that Jesus makes well. That's in Luke chapter 7. Uh, this woman's only son, she's depending on this guy, she's a widow, he dies. And a great mourning and wailing, and Jesus, they're on the way to bury this guy, Jesus heals him, uh, raises him up uh, from the from the beer. I don't know how to pronounce that, the funeral beer. I've had a funeral beer before, but not like that. Um, at any rate, what else? The mission of the 72. Jesus sends out, of course, he has the 12 apostles, but he also has the 72. He sends the 72 disciples out on a mission. And depending on which gospel you're reading, it's either the 70 or the 72. In Luke, it says uh, 72, and that's in uh, uh, chapter 10. And, and here's another tradition that Bergsma talks about, Dr. John Bergsma. He actually says that it was thought that Luke might have been actually one of those 72 disciples. How does he, how does he kind of get in with, with the Christian movement? How does he get in with the church? How does he be, get to be friends with Paul? Well, some think he was actually one of the 72 that was sent out by, by our Lord. Interesting thought. Can't prove it, but one never knows. What else? The Good Samaritan. The parable of the Good Samaritan, only in Luke's gospel. So we owe him a lot. We owe him a lot. Martha and Mary, right? Martha's slaving away in the kitchen. Why doesn't my sister help me? She's just kind of soaking up the wisdom of Jesus. Oh, Mary has chosen the good portion. <laughs> uh, Luke chapter 10, again, unique to Luke's gospel. The friend at midnight, the annoying friend who knocks at your door, gets you out of bed, I need a loaf of bread. That, that parable is only in Luke. The parable, uh, oh, here's one. Actually, I'm going to let the caller handle this one here. Let's go to the phones right now, 888-914-9149. Let's go to Charlie in Philadelphia. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Dylan. I love the uh, the parable about the rich man and Lazarus. Just, mm. just the language of it, that there was a, a rich man who dressed in purple and feasted sumptuously, and at his gate laid a poor beggar with sores and the dogs even. I mean, mm-hmm. just the... Yeah, just the uh, the imagination it brings to you. you can just picture it, and then he yeah. says, dip, "Dip his finger in cool water just to cool my tongue." Yeah. That's how much he suffered in, in in hell, and he can't come across the abyss at all. That has always been my favorite uh, parable or tale. That, but I think only Jesus could come up with that language. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like so, you're like drawing into it or something. It's hard to explain. You know. Yeah, Charlie, I, I totally feel you there. That's a that's a great call. Great call about that parable. And, and you kind of hit on something about Jesus that, you know, when you read his teachings, when you read the teachings of Jesus, his parables and all that stuff, you think nobody could invent somebody like Jesus. I mean, it's not as if some, they cooked up this fictional character who had all this incredible wisdom. Nobody, nobody could invent this kind of heavenly, otherworldly wisdom as you see Jesus. Uh, and obviously he was a great great storyteller. Imagine how uh, incredible of a preacher the Lord was just from a human perspective because he had people hanging on his every word for hours. The crowds were spellbound, the Gospels tell us. Amazing to have been there. And so uh, Luke's recording all of this stuff. This is really great. So that's it. That's So Charlie in Philadelphia, thank you for that call. That is one of the great uh, parables that's only in Luke, the parable about Lazarus and the rich man. In Luke chapter 16, there's also another rich guy, the parable of the rich fool in chapter 12. That's the one where he's 
you know, storing up stuff in barns. Life's pretty grand. I've got lots of food to eat. Got, you know, money in the bank. I can just kind of chill out. Play Xbox. Take it easy. Nope. Uh, your very life will be demanded of you tonight. And <laughs> who's going to get all your stuff? So don't be a fool. Uh, put God first. That, that, that's, that's, that's a great, great parable as well. And, and what about the lost coin? All the lost things. The lost coin... The parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, in Luke chapter 15. Again, only in his gospel. Uh, What else? The lepers, the ten lepers who Jesus heals. That's in Luke chapter 17. And only one of them comes back to give thanks. Sad. Um, Let's let's go to Richard in Salt Lake City. Let's go back to the phones. 888-914-9149. Then Jim will take a break. I know we're getting close. But Richard. Welcome Hi. to the program. I'm actually I'm actually in Sauk City, Wisconsin. Oh, Sauk City, Wisconsin. Case, okay. Sorry, I thought okay. you, I thought it was Salt Lake City. I couldn't read that. Sorry. All right. So, in any case, um, what I like about uh, Luke is that he really defines the gospel a lot and the teachings of Jesus and what Jesus did and everything. One example is chapter 14. I really like his synopsis. He's at the pinnacle of his ministry. People are following him, and he turns around. And he says, "You got to take up your cross and follow me." And you have to love me more than your, your, mm. basically your wife, your children, your family, your own life. And then he talks about building a tower and yeah. assessing the cost before you, before you uh, become a disciple. And also, mm-hmm. um, there was another illustration in there too that he had. I, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but but just the cost of being a disciple, and he really gives a lot of depth and meaning to the gospel that we don't often, often hear and. In a lot of, um, not so much in the church, but in a lot of television and radio, and mm-hmm. and uh, they make it sound a lot easier than what it is to be a Christian. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging for sure, uh, absolutely, and that's why uh, we need His help. Um, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, as Jesus says. We cast all our cares on Him, and He'll help us to carry our crosses every day. Hey, Richard, and I, I, let me get this right: it's Sock City, Wisconsin. Sock City. So he, 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 you definitely socked it to me right there, Richard. Appreciate that. Hey, we got to take a quick, quick break on the Kale Clark Show, but we'll be right back with more of the top 10 things you need to know about St. Luke and how you can do some time travel to hack your life. <laughs> it's coming up later. 888 914 9149. The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Fun. Too much fun on this episode. We're talking about the top 10 things you need to know about St. Luke on this, this feast day. That, that's I like that song. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Miranda. Appreciate that. Miranda's helping Jim out in the studio today. And you can call in right now, 888 Four, nine faith facts and fun and we are having a lot of fun like i said uh, right now on the kale clark show so we were talking before the break about all the things that all, 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 we owe so much to saint luke because there's so many things about jesus's life that we simply wouldn't know because they're only in his gospel and just to finish off the list of things that we didn't yet talk about i mean it's inexhaustible almost but 
um, the parable of the persistent widow, the one that keeps bugging the, the unjust judge, and he finally gives her what she wants. Uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector. You know, Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. That, that's so classic. Zacchaeus! Zacchaeus! Short little Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He has to run up a tree in order to see Jesus. Has Jesus says, I'm going to have dinner at your house today. What are, what are we eating tonight? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some, uh, I don't know, tilapia? St. Peter's fish? Who knows? But... Um, who is the greatest? And the disciples arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Great teaching time for Jesus. And then, and then this is interesting. It, with respect to the passion, only Luke records that Pilate sends Jesus away to Herod Antipas for sport. And the, the two of them never got along before this, but they kind of bonded over uh, maltreating Jesus uh, in Luke chapter 23. You can, you can check that out. Again, all of this is unique to Luke. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Didi in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome back, Didi. It's two days in a row. I know. I'm on a roll. You're on a roll. <laughs> You're on a hard roll with butter. I'm on a roll, baby. I know. Anyway, uh, the reason I'm calling, uh, Kale, uh, my favorite verse actually is Luke 2, chapter 2, verse mm -hmm. 10. Okay. And just the latter part, uh, I bring you good tidings of great joy. What, what shall be to all people? Isn't that mm. Christ? Absolutely. Or 100%. not. Yeah, 100%. And that, that's, a, that's a great point, Didi. Yeah, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And it's, it's interesting, too, because this is, of course, all in context of uh, the Christmas story. And, and Luke shows us so many things about Christmas. The shepherds, the angels, uh, keep, keeping watch over their flocks by night. The angels just wow them. And whenever an angel appears in Scripture, people are terrified. You know, I don't think they're cherubic with little cute fluffy wings like we see in art. And uh, my good friend, Father Eric Nikolai, joined me on the Feast of the Guardian Angels to talk about angels and art. Whenever somebody sees an angel in Scripture, they flip out. I mean, they are, they are fearfully awesome beings. And uh, th this is exactly what um, uh, the Archangel Gabriel also says to, to Our Lady, fear not. And so the shepherds are told, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For to you, the next verse, verse 11, is, is born in this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. And again, even that image has been, um, in artwork uh, throughout the centuries, has been absolutely ubiquitous. Uh, Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes. So all of this, again, is unique to Luke. Thank you very much for that call. DD triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is the number to call for the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. All right, so these these top ten things that we need to know about St. Luke from our good friend Jimmy Aiken, James Aiken. The name's Aiken. James Aiken. All right, number four. Where did Luke get all this information in the first place? Well, he actually says this at the very beginning of his gospel. Luke says this Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us. So what he's basically saying is that lots of people tried to write about the life of Jesus. A lot of people have attempted it. Four Gospels made it into the New Testament. Um, later on, and this is not what Luke is talking about, because this is really late 2nd century, and maybe even beyond, all these apocryphal Gospels start showing up. They're totally corny. They are not legit. But even in Luke's time, people tried to write about the life of Jesus. 
And he says this, um, these things have been accomplished among us just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So he's, he's basically saying there are eyewitnesses of the gospel of Jesus. There are eyewitnesses to his life, to his majesty. He said, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. And so, so Luke's gospel, as well as part two, the Acts of the Apostle, they're both addressed to this guy, Theophilus. Most excellent Theophilus. Now, who is this guy? Now, the word Theophilus simply means lover of God, but it's also potentially a personal name. I, I, I remember once coming across a blog from this guy named Lee Thomas Don, D-A-H-N. I don't know if it's still functional, but it was called Most Excellent Theophilus. It was really interesting. Uh, he, he was theorizing that there was actually a high priest in the first century named Theophilus, and um, that Luke was maybe writing to him, trying to convert this guy. He was interested maybe in becoming... <laughs> A Christian. I don't know if that's. I don't, it's an interesting theory. I don't know if anybody's ever picked up on that. But some people think it's just sort of a generic. You could be this guy, lover of God. Hopefully, we're all lovers of God, Theophilus. But um, having said that, it's like Wayne's World. Excellent, you know, most excellent Theophilus. Anyways, Luke is basically saying, "Hey, I decided to investigate everything. I've been following it closely. I'm like a detective here." And he really did his homework, Luke. And archaeologists use Luke's gospel and the Acts of the Apostles to try to find stuff. And he, he always comes up aces. Everything he says has always checked out with historians, with archaeologists. He got it right. So he's got information that nobody else has. How did he get this? Well, he looked with, the, he, as he says, he talked to the eyewitnesses, including the Virgin Mary herself. How, how do we know all this stuff about the Annunciation? How do we know about the visitation to Elizabeth? How do we know about... The, the losing and then finding of the child Jesus again in Jerusalem. She had to have been from her. By this point, Joseph has passed on, in all likelihood. He's interviewing Mary. He probably also spent a lot of time interviewing St. Paul. Interesting thing that, that Jimmy Aiken points out, when when Luke talks about the, the, um, the Last Supper, the First Mass, and Jesus instituting the Eucharist, guess what? When he, when he talks about Jesus' words of institution, you know, this is my body, this is my blood, he, he's very close to the words that St. Paul uses. Because the other place where you can read about the institution of the Eucharist is in, uh, it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and it's not in John, because John doesn't talk about it. John only talks about the foot washing. He talks about the Eucharist elsewhere, John 6, but he talks about the foot washing scene at the Last Supper. But St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, Paul also talks about what happened at the Last Supper, the words of institution, the reality of the Eucharist. So it's interesting. He, he sticks really closely to the formula used by uh, St. Paul, who he hung out with and spent a lot of time with. He interviewed St. Peter. When you read the Acts of the Apostles, the first nine or ten chapters follow Peter's career, and then it switches over to Paul, the Damascus Road, and then the rest of it's all about Paul. So huge, huge um, amount of research went into this by Luke. Uh, it's incredible stuff. Let's go back to the phones, 888 Let's go to Mark in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, in, in the Milwaukee area, on line one. Hey, Mark. Hi there, Cal. Hey, I just had a comment. Um, I had heard that St. Luke speaks the most about virginal birth, and being a doctor himself, he knew most how absurd that was. That's a really interesting point. That's a really interesting uh, thing to, to ponder, that... 
that as a physician, hey, this really intrigues him. What are you talking about? A virginal conception? Un- unreal. Uh, literally, it's it's supernatural, and so he would know that as a doctor more so than than any than any than any you know regular uh, citizen would for sure. Um, that that's really intriguing, Mark. I, I that's something that honestly I've never thought of before. And I thank you for sharing that. Thanks for calling in in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, in the Milwaukee area. Speaking of Milwaukee, but how how scary are the Milwaukee Bucks right now? They have Giannis. They now have Dame Dollar. Damian Leonard, wow, they're going to be tough to contend with. Anyways, having said that, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Bregan in Woodruff, Wisconsin. Did I pronounce your name right? Is it Bregan? You did, sir, and thank you for saying that. It, it is uh, a very old Irish name, ancient Gaelic. Um, wow, And nice. how many people are on here from Wisconsin? That's bizarre. A lot. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm listening to you on 89.1 up in the Northwoods, and um, um, I just wanted to comment that we, um, as as we're losing all of our elders, and, it, and, it, and it's rough, it sucks, um, maybe, I'm not going to go into vaccinations or whatever, but my fiancé is he's, uh, a very sweet woman and um, she said when we can't listen to decent conservative radio we can always go to the Jesus channels quote unquote the Jesus channels here. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of Christian and, radio out there isn't there well um, I will say that uh Jesus Christ probably saved my butt, and um, um, uh, we do Vespers pretty much every night. Now my dad does too, and um, um, I thank you. And while I am not fully Catholic, Mm -hmm. I guess you would say, I am fully Christian-based. So thank you. Oh, hey, well, Bregan, thank you. thank you very much. I'm glad I got your name right, number one. I, believe me, I'm a guy, people mess up my name a lot, so I, I wanted to make sure I got yours right. Glad we did. And we have, we have one of the things that, that always amazes me about Relevant is how many people are listening who are Catholic, not Catholic, thinking about becoming Catholic, um, evangelicals, people who belong to different religions, um, of no religion at all. And we, we have a lot of listeners all around the United States and all around the world. And we're so appreciative of you where you may be in your spiritual journey. And, and Bregan, I pray that you do take uh, those final steps. You say you're not quite there yet, not Catholic yet, but I hope that you do, my friend, uh, enter the church and get all the gifts that, that Jesus has for you here in the church. Is there, is there anything that's holding you back in particular? No, but um, relevant radio has had such phenomenal programs on sometimes late at night, sometimes not live, right? And we're driving along trying to avoid hitting deer <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And 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 there. my sweetie my sweetie says, Hey, put on the put on we're gonna find relevant and um, and there have been some phenomenal programs. Um, the overarching, wow. um, uh, WHO, NWO, 
and the um, subversion of spirituality. Mm. So thank you. Oh, you, you are most welcome, Brig, and thank you for, very much for that call. That's so encouraging. As you say, as you and your sweetie are driving along, whether it's late at night, don't hit the deer, but do keep it locked onto relevant radio. Appreciate you. Call back anytime. Hey, we got to take a quick break right now on the program, but won't you be a deer and come back after the break? 888 Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. I know that was a bad segue, but I had to do it, but I'll be right back. 888 This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. To the program, 888-914-9149 is the number to call. Talk to me for free, 888-914-9149. Hey, it's the feast day of St. Luke. We've been going through the top 10 things that you need to know about him. We're getting a lot of great phone calls as well. I've got a couple lines open right now if you want to pop in again, 888-914-9149. Four, nine. Uh, Jimmy Aiken has put together this top 10 list for us, a Catholic apologist. And uh, it's, it's intriguing. Where, where I left off, we need to pick this up as well. Number five, the, the fifth point. We'll kind of run through these last ones real quick. What debt do we owe St. Luke for not only his gospel, but for writing the Acts of the Apostles? Well, the book of Acts is all about the history of the early church. And it goes from you know, the time that Jesus was crucified, resurrected, around A.D. 30 or 33, depending on who you talk to, all the way up to A.D. 60. And we really wouldn't know much about the, the early church if not for this this chronicle uh, by Luke. Of course, we could put some things together uh, through Paul's letters, but it's uh, just a great gift to the church. Number six, where did Luke get his information for Acts? Again, this is because he hung out with Paul. There are these famous we passages in the Acts of the Apostles where you know, St. Luke says, we went here, we went there, we went to this city, we went to that city, we went to Chick-fil-A for lunch, the Lord's chicken, we had to do it. No, he doesn't say that, but that's in the gospel according to Kale, but uh, there's a lot of uh, tricky uh, tricky notes in that one. It's it's Kale's version, it's like Taylor's version, you know, how she's redoing all her albums, super corny. Um, and these are Acts, Acts 16, you can see some of these wee passages, Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 21, Acts chapter 27. This is when he actually, at this point, he joins up, he links up with Paul uh, during his ministry. Some people say that Paul even kept a diary, and that diary was essentially written by Luke. Um, Peter also was heavily involved, Philip the Evangelist, uh, Paul. And um, he would have been hanging out with Peter during those years, especially that, that Paul was in prison in house arrest at Rome. And he talks about this in Acts chapter 28. Peter was there at that time as well. Uh, that They were both killed around this time. Uh, the Neronian persecution, 64 AD. Uh, Paul, being a Roman citizen, was beheaded. The, uh, the preferred death of choice for Roman citizens It's kind of considered less painful, I guess. Uh, whereas Peter, being a Galilean, he wasn't a Roman citizen. They crucified him upside down. They didn't care about what happened to him. And speaking of Romans, by the way, on the Faith Explained, tomorrow you can continue listening to our brand new series, St. Paul's Letter to the Romans. Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Uh, Paul drops a lot of truth in Romans. It, it's such a challenging book, but it, we're going to break it down so it's easy to understand for you and for me, and we can assimilate. Let's not be afraid of this thing. It's it's really important that we read this, and, and yes, Paul's a brainiac, but we, we can we can understand him. He's not trying to be... I know he can be unclear. Even Peter said that. He's like, there's stuff in Paul's letters. 
I don't even understand. I mean, he's just so smart. But uh, we can we can try to figure it out. We're going to do that together. Twelve thirty Central on the Faith Explained. He also, of course, Paul um, Luke would have hung out with Philip the, the Evangelist, maybe because Paul was in Caesarea Maritima, Caesar's by the sea, if you will, um, built by Herod the Great. He was in custody there for for a little while, and that's where Philip the Evangelist lived. So that's also where he got some information. Philip and the the, the eunuch and all that stuff. So these these the Acts of the Apostles ends in the year AD sixty before Paul is killed. I I think he probably finished the book before Paul's martyrdom because it, it just seems almost impossible he wouldn't have an account of this. Uh, it's so important. Uh, so he pr- and, and obviously this is part two. So he would have wrote the Gospel of Luke even before this. So he had them both done before sixty AD. So this is pretty early, pretty early stuff. Um, and, and one last, a couple things here. Num- point number eight that uh, Aiken mentions in his top ten list. Did Luke actually have a hand? And I think maybe that's a pun. If it wasn't a pun, it should have been. Did Luke have a hand in any of Paul's letters? Because Paul used secretaries. He used scribes, hired guns. Hey, can, can I'll just dictate a letter to you. Just take a letter. I'm going to chill on my hammock here. And in Romans, the guy actually puts himself in the letter. His name is Tertius. And in chapter 16, he says, oh, by the way, I, Tertius, write this letter with my own hand. I'm the scribe here. How you doing? Um, Aiken maybe speculates that maybe when Paul was in prison that Luke was his scribe. Maybe he wrote First Timothy. Like, I mean, Paul's writing it. I mean, Paul's telling him what to say. But he's writing it down, maybe. First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, these prison letters. Uh, even in Second Timothy, Paul says, Luke alone is with me. He's the only guy left. So he's the scribe. You're it, whether you like it or not. Who knows? Who knows? Um, number nine, was Luke a Jew or a Gentile? Historically, people have thought that he was a convert. Um, he was a Gentile who first converted to Judaism and then realizes that Jesus is the Messiah. But some people are now saying that, um, including a scholar named Pablo Gadens, who wrote a commentary on Luke, that he actually might have been a relative of St. Paul. St. Paul talks about this guy named Lucius. That actually might be Luke. Interesting. So um, the contrary to that, was he, was he a Gentile? Uh, Aiken mentions that uh, at one point Paul says uh, in Colossians 4, he talks about these dudes, Mark, of course, Barnabas's cousin, uh, another guy named Jesus, not, not Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus who was called Justice. Like, please call me something else. I don't want to take any glory away from Jesus here. So call me Justice. Um, he says, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And then he talks about Luke. Okay, well, this obviously means that Luke might be a Gentile. I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, so what are the? And then of course um, the the tenth thing that uh, Aiken says is he talks about what the church fathers say about Saint Luke. Um, Saint Jerome, the great biblical scholar who lived in the Holy Land, he wrote about Luke and he said that Luke was not unskilled in the Greek language. Tell me about it. Of course, the New Testament originally written in Greek. Luke's Greek is so good, it's almost like classical Greek authors. It's so good. He's so good. Um, really well done there. And, of course, Jerome, being a great language scholar, translator of the Bible, would have known this. Um, St. Jerome also says, uh, what else? Um, he just talks about how he, how he wrote, about, wrote his gospel, the Acts of the Apostles. And according to tradition, he was buried at Constantinople. And his bones... Uh, were transferred there together with the remains of St. Andrew the Apostle. How about that, according to St. Jerome? So those are the, those are the top ten, 10 things, according to 
Jimmy Aiken that we should know about St. Luke on this, his feast day, 888 Let's go to Jessica in South Jersey, in Merchantville, New Jersey. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Kale. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you for your awesome show. I, I just love St. Luke, and he's so wonderful and interesting uh, a man and a patron saint of painters. I've come to understand that yes. I'm a painter myself, which I love knowing when I learned that fact. But I just wanted to share with you and your listeners, um, I read a beautiful, beautiful book about him. It's a pretty famous book, um, and I read it the last couple of years. It is called Dear and Glorious Physician. And maybe you've heard of it. It's written by a woman named Taylor Caldwell, T-A-Y-L-O-R Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. And I think it was written in the 1960s. Both my grandmothers and my mother read it. And it reads as fiction, but apparently this is, this is her piece de resistance, um, <laughs> Taylor Caldwell. It really is. It has become a really a, her defining work and, Apparently, she, she and her husband spent more than a decade researching Luke, huh. researching his entire uh, childhood and his affinity and um, his aptitude for medicine and how, um, you know, how much that practice of, of hmm. being a physician um, really colored his life and, and even, yeah. um, even at, at certain times prevented his coming to faith. Um, wow. because he, he had, you know, just that great brain mm. of, of a doc, you know, searching yeah. for all those like, like very concrete yeah. answers, like yeah. we find so much in science. And, you know, obviously he came to faith in the most, in the, one of the most profound mm-hmm. ways ever mm-hmm. and in ways that will always to him be indebted. Um, but I want to recommend that to you and to any other, any other, uh, listeners who really like St. Luke. It's a long book. And it is a brilliantly written book, and it's it's just it's a rereader. You know, there's parts of it that I'll just say like, oh, I kind of you I go back to it again and again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so fun. So it, enjoy it. It's really it's a put it on your Christmas list. Hey, hey Jessica, I, I really appreciate that. Um, so for you guys who are into historical fiction, this might be a book for you. I haven't read it myself. Uh, this first I've heard of it, Dear and Glorious Physician, a novel about St. Luke by Taylor Caldwell. I'm not familiar with Taylor Caldwell. The only Taylor I know is Taylor Swift. Um, and, uh, I don't know her personally. Uh, I wish I did. I'd say, Hey, give us some cash, support relevant radio here, make a donation uh, through the relevant radio app and keep us going. Keep us going, Tay Tay. Uh, but I uh, appreciate that, Jessica. Yeah. That's a, that's a genre, by the way. That's a huge, um, inside and outside the church, historical fiction about figures in church history. That, that sounds intriguing. So thank you very much for calling and for giving that recommendation to our listeners. Let's go to Jim in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, Jim. Hello, Kale Clark. Clark with an E. Yeah, you got take it. Us down a different, <laughs> a different path here. Um, I love your pop culture references and your um, your music references as well. And it is because of that that you are such an aficionado that I need to point out an egregious mistake, an egregious that error you made earlier. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, excellent did not come from Wayne's World, but rather from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You're right. Early piano read. (laughs) (laughs) How could I I possibly mess that up? My fellow Canadian, Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Apparently he's a pretty awesome Mm -hmm. dude. He just rides the subway like everybody else. Um, 
Uh, you know, yeah, that that is an egregious error, Jim, and you're right to call me on that. That that was a uh, I'm ashamed of myself there. I tell you, I'm losing my street cred really, really quickly. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jim, I appreciate that call, man. And, and usually, uh, one of our producers, Patrick Alog, who's working the phones, he he likes to do the errors and omissions, and and uh, and there's tons of them every show for sure. And uh, thank you for calling and pointing that out. That was an excellent phone call, if I do say so myself and um hey i love it i love it jim uh call back any time that is great we, we do have a lot of fun on the show we really do faith facts and fun hey stay tuned to relevant radio uh timory's coming up with trending she's got a great guest today devin shad uh i think you'll really really enjoy him if you have not heard uh, him before uh, in conversation with timory you're not going to want to miss this he had just so much great material for fathers for husbands uh, it's timory's gentleman's hour and, oh, terrible news. I'm sure Timory will talk about this. I, I texted her about this. Um, uh, Britney Spears, and we all know Britney's going through stuff. Like, she's, you know, we need to pray for this woman. And, and maybe part of her issues, if you will, stem from this. Apparently in the news, it came out today that Justin Timberlake um, forced her to abort their baby. They're, uh, unbelievable. And, and she kind of wrote a song about this. Was getting, now people are kind of getting this. Oh, it was a veiled message. And she regretted this. Um, and so, Timberlake, you are not a gentleman. My goodness, that, that's awful. We need to pray about that situation for sure. So, at any rate, uh, stay tuned for Timberlake. Also, Father Rocky, the family rosary across America. Stay tuned for that. By the way, there's a new Eucharistic video, a new Eucharistic Encounters video with Father Rocky that you can access on the Relevant Radio app, relevantradio.com relevantradio.com slash encounter. You can also, of course, find out more about how to get involved with the National Eucharistic Congress. I know it seems like a long time uh, before this happens, but it'll be here before you know, July of next year in Indianapolis. And don't forget, you can register the names of 20 loved ones for our Holy Souls Novena. So don't forget to do that. You can also do that on the Relevant Radio website. It's relevantradio.com slash souls. Am I right about that, Jim? Am I correct? I hope so. But uh, it's there. You'll, you'll be able to see it there. And uh, tell your friends about it as well. 20 names of loved ones. We will pray for them in our Holy Souls Novena, which will take place from November 2nd to the 9th. So lots of great stuff coming up this evening on Relevant Radio. Don't forget to join me for our new series on St. Paul's Letter to the Romans on the Faith Explained tomorrow, 1230 Central. Podcasts always available on the app. Jim Shaper produced with an assist from Miranda Sinaceros. Patrick Aylock took your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.